0: This message is produced by the Transformation Edge Church. We believe you'll be inspired and transformed by it. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable. You, Lord, you're worthy. You're worthy to be praised. You're worthy of all honor. You're worthy of my praise. So tonight, God, I ask you that you do what you do best in this place. Heal, deliver, set free. Let your voice be heard, O Lord, in this place. In the name of Jesus. We'll praise you, God, because when you start to do what you do, no power can stand against it. And so, Lord, tonight, we'll believe that you will change hearts. You will cause the sick to be healed. You cause your voice to be heard. And you cause your light to shine upon this house more than ever before. In the name of Jesus Christ. Praise you God. In Jesus name. Amen. Don't give up on your week yet if, if it wasn't too good. But I want us to So look at the story from the book of Mark, chapter 3, tonight. And the story uh, is about what Jesus did and how he healed people, how he spoke when it came to talking with the Pharisees and people with religious understanding and perception but his take on it and it's quite amazing how he spoke to them. In verse 1 it says, another time Jesus went into the synagogue and a man with a shriveled hand was there. Some of them were looking for a reason to accuse Jesus so they watched him closely to see if he would heal him on the Sabbath, it's interesting. And why were they looking closely? Because they know? The Bible tells us in Acts chapter 10, it said, "God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit to own power, and he went about doing good and healing all that were oppressed of the devil because God was with him." So they already knew this of Jesus. So they were watching him. And this particular day was a Sabbath day. And because of the law of Moses, which said that you will not do anything on the Sabbath, they were looking for a way to um, accuse Jesus of doing something on the Sabbath. Even healing the sick, they thought it was a job on the Sabbath day. And that's quite interesting. That's quite interesting that they thought they could hold him down and pin him down using the law. Unknown to them that Jesus came to fulfill the law and the prophets. So, they watched him closely to see if he would heal on the Sabbath. Jesus said to the man with the shriveled hand, Stand up in front of everyone. I love Jesus. I just love him. He said, stand up in front of everyone. And Jesus asked them, how interesting it is that someone is still thinking that you already know what they're about to say. You know, a part of the scripture says, "And because Jesus knows the hearts of every man. And that's quite interesting that while they were looking for a way to tie him down using the good works that he, he does Jesus already knew what it was they were going to say he said to the man with shriveled hands stand up in front of everyone and Jesus asked them which is lawful on the Sabbath which is right on the Sabbath to do good or to do evil to save life or to kill which is best to be done But they remained silent. Why didn't they answer? It's interesting why they didn't answer. Because, of course, if they said "Ah, to do good, then that will circumvent their thoughts about holding Jesus and accusing him of healing. Mm -hmm. If they said to do evil, then, of course, it's morally wrong anyway. So, at times, you ask people questions, what do they do? They just keep quiet because they don't know what answer you're looking for because in them they already know what they are up to at times they are up to no good so you ask them questions and they're looking at you it's not because they don't know the answer but they are not quite sure what trap you set for them in this instance it's almost like jesus set trap for them you know, it's quite interesting that they were trying to set a trap for Jesus, but Jesus turned it around. It's, I love it. So, but they remain silent, the Bible says. In verse 5, he said, He looked around at them in anger. How come that the act of trying to accuse him straight away got his emotions? And he's feeling angry because these guys are not looking at doing good but to obey a law which is meant to be good. So the law was meant to bring about good things. But people will pick the law and use it against you because it's not going their way. And that's why he called them hypocrites. Hypocrites. Hypocrites who at some point will always find themselves speaking against what they've always stood for. Just because it's not going their way this time, they, sw- they, they switch sides. Quite interesting. All right. So let's look at it. So Jesus looked around the- at them in anger and deeply distressed at their stubborn hearts, said to the man, stretch out your hand. And he stretched it out and his hand was completely restored. Then the Pharisees went out and began to plot with the Herodians how they might kill Jesus. Kill him for what? Kill him for what? Because he healed on the Sabbath. Oh. So, well, it's meant to be a day that you go to church, you can't do some other things like this. Calm down. Which is better? Because of people, God sent his son, Jesus Christ. And why would we spend our lives Judging people whom Jesus already set free. And at times, because he already set them free, we should look through the eyes of Jesus and love them. Not criticize them. Not judge them. So you might be asking, so why why are we talking like this tonight? Because it's the easiest thing that we can do as humans is to criticize. Criticism is not difficult to come by. It just rolls off our minds straight away. You look at something, you just almost inside of you are already thinking how they could have done it better. Could have been done better this way. You can't heal on the Sabbath. You know... In there was a point where Jesus asked them, he said, so if your donkey fell into the well on the Sabbath day, wouldn't you pull it out? Wouldn't you? Or would you leave it there to die because the, the, the law says you cannot work on the Sabbath? And then he called them the name, you hypocrites. Hypocrites. Does that still happen in our day? That even, interestingly, the most hypocritical people are Christians. And these are Christians who understand grace inside out. That they they come to the point where they can determine who deserves grace and who does not deserve one. And then these are Christians who open their mouth and say to other people, and they say they are Christians. Looking for a way to accuse them. And never forget these are the ones that Jesus died for. He died for the whole world. So we should not in any way look for a way to accuse them. Because when we start to accuse God's people... Or when we start to accuse people that Jesus died for, we are actually taking over another person's job. And that's the devil's job. Satan is the accuser. So when you start to find yourself in the place of accusation of other people, you've just found out who your father is. Why? Because it's in the genes. It will come out at some point. Although now you're born again, but because you have not realized the new life of Christ in you, you still take on the life that that was, you know, crucified, dead, and buried with Christ. The Bible says we died with Christ, and we were raised up with Him. But the 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 the, the personality, the character, the 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 the, 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 the person that was raised back to life is not the same that died. It's completely different. 2 Corinthians 5 verse 17, it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. A new creation. All things are passed away. Behold, all things are become new. But quite interestingly, some of us Although all things are passed away, it's dead, buried, gone, we're still looking out for them. We still want to remember how it used to be. We still want to remember how it was. If I was not a Christian, what what I would have done to you? You know, how we are comparing ourselves with the way we used to live. How in the past we're, we're very angry bunch, if not for Jesus. You know, when we start to talk that way, it means, it kind of suggests that you, you're kind of still wanting to go back in time to the lives that we used to live. Which is no longer natural with you now. But it, it, it feels like you miss it a little bit feels like you miss it. Now every time you sit back, you're thinking about the good old days. But I thought the best is yet to come. In other words, there are better days ahead. If there were the good old days, we would have sat back in the old days doing what we used to do back then. Of course there were some things good to them, but hey, move on. Think about greater things. Think about newer things. Think about the things that God is willing and able to use us for in this world. To heal the sick, to cast out devils, to raise the dead. And if we are willing, because God is willing. And you know, some people put it back on God. If God is willing, we will do it. No, no, no. God is already willing. That's why he gave us the power. So, if we are willing and obedient, we will do what he He's asked us to do because He's given us the capacity, the power to do. So, let's not be or find ourselves in the place of hypocrisy where we are doing, or rather, we are saying one thing and doing a different thing. And we want everyone to see this way. That's a, that's a picture that we we'll paint. But the picture that we lead is completely different from the picture that we paint. Don't let the law get you where grace cannot deliver you. Are we still here? Don't let the law get you where grace cannot save you. The letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. You know, at times we we open to the scripture and go, well, that's that's what the scripture says. Yes, that's what the scripture says. But what is God saying to you through the scripture? Because we might look at the scripture and go, yeah, that's what the scripture says. But what are you hearing from God through that scripture? Because God needs to speak to you. He's always speaking. He's always speaking. For example, in, in the book of Acts... Peter was very hungry. He went on to, um, well, while he was waiting for the food to be cooked, so he went on to, um, to the roof. And while he was there, he, he kind of fell into a trance, and right there, he saw a sheet being dropped from heaven with all manner of Animals that were categorized as unclean. Swines, as in pigs, probably snails, all those ones that cannot go through the border. You know? There was a border protection in Leviticus where God said to the Israelites, You can't eat things like these because I want you to be holy and pure. You know, I'm I'm sanctifying you guys to myself. So based on that, you can eat this. And what was he testing out? He was testing out their obedience. It was not about the animals. Why? Because in the book of Genesis, God created everything and said to man, you may eat. Then in Leviticus, he's saying, you can eat this, but you can't eat this. Why did he change his mind? No, he didn't change his mind. He was watching out for their obedience. So now, fast forward to Peter's day. He sees in the trance, and the sheet being dropped from heaven with all manner of unclean, in quote, animals. And God is saying, hey, Peter, you're very hungry. Kill, eat. And Peter was, could swear this time and say, no, I've never tested this from the day I was born I've never tested it and I will not because it's unclean and God tells him what I've made clean how dare you call it unclean and then the second time he saw exactly the same thing and God said to him Peter kill eat and Peter remembered the law and thought the law says you can eat of any of this. Why? Because when you do eat of it, you become defiled. And if you are defiled, you are far from God. But now, God is saying, hey, I've changed my mind. And Peter is saying, I know what you're talking about, but I'm sticking to the law. And God is saying, my grace is enough. Peter is saying, I know the extent of your grace, but I love the law. You know, at times the law keeps us away from God's grace. And you don't want to ever find yourself there. Why? Because you cannot, in any way, none of us, in any way, regardless of how powerful we are, of how learned we are, of how um, keen and zealous. Upon God's things we are that we, we, we cannot meet the requirements, 100% of the law. There's no way. It's not possible. There's no way. And that is not to say because we cannot meet the requirements of the law, we should, you know, do everything against the law. No, not at all. But you see, grace is the fulfillment of the law, putting you in a position where you could never have attained and presenting you before God holy and blameless, yeah. righteous. Mm-hmm. And the Bible tells us that we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. So, in other words, without us, what does it mean? That the righteousness of Jesus is not complete. Because we are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. But don't come to the point, let's not come to the point where we are too tied to. Religious understanding to the point where we cannot see how God's grace is beaming upon others. It needs, when it needs to be reflected. That it stops us from accusing others of how less spiritual they are. Because you are not the one or I'm not the one who determines how spiritual one is or how less spiritual they are. Because the ones that you think are weak, completely, 100% spiritual, might be considered non-spiritual in the eyes of God. Because you might be spiritual and yet not winning soul. That is completely unspiritual. And yet the person you think is unspiritual is the one winning all the souls to God's kingdom. That's the spiritual one. The one who does not, or rather unreservedly, comes to Jesus and says, Jesus, this is me. I'm the silly, smoking believer. I'm not quite sure how else to do it. But this is the much that I know. And they are bare before the Lord. And clothed in righteousness and God's grace. But yet, others are sitting in the corner and going, oh, look at that person. Do you know she still smokes? Do you know she still goes to the club? Not that I support any of those things. Why? First, smoking kills you anyway. <laughs> all right? Yeah. And at the clubs, there's, there's nothing you really can take away as a lesson learned for the week. Not at all. So not in any way do I support it. But nevertheless... Do not let the lifestyle of another person stop you from showing God's grace to others. Because it stops you at times. It stops you when we become too critical of others. So I started off with criticism is the easiest thing, the simplest thing that can flow out of our mind just like that. And creativity in terms of how to be nice and showing God's grace to people is one of the most difficult things that we can actually achieve. It's very difficult. How that someone is acting, acting up and you are required to show grace. It's difficult. Because your mindset is going, you can't do this, you can't do this, you can't do this. But the Holy Spirit inside of you is saying, the love of God is shed abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. Romans chapter 5. It's, like, it's saying, show grace show grace, love them even more love them even more but you're going, I don't like the way he talks to people I don't like the way he does things I don't even like the way he doesn't pray he does not speak in tongues I said, hey, it's okay, love them yeah, come on. love them you might be speaking in tongues and the other one is speaking in tongues it does not make you any spiritual oh, yes. <laughs> it does not That's not at all because the Bible do, does not say that you have to speak in tongues to be able to go to heaven yeah. or to, 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 be, to become born again. No. It's a, it's a gift. It's a gift. And there are some people that end up not opening their gifts. All right? Of course, they may not be able to enjoy the content of that box. But that does not mean that they won't still be able to live their lives without that gift. They will still be able to live their lives without a gift. Yeah. It's just that they don't, they've not enjoyed the benefit of what is the, the content yeah. you know, in that box. Yeah. So it's okay. So let us pull back a little bit from comparing others with our own standard of spirituality. Because we've set a standard for ourselves, and that standard is not God's standard. Oh, so it's not God's standard. God's standard of spirituality is grace. Grace upon grace and upon grace. Where you are losing it and you are failing and saying, I'm here for you, son. I'm here for you, daughter. Pick it up. Let's go again. Let's try it again. You, you climb up to the 20th story and you're sliding back down and saying, it's okay. It's all right. You are not down and out, I'll pick you up again. We're going back up there. But for some of us, you see them sliding down the ladder and you're going, oh, yeah, because he did not hold on to the 20th rung. That's why you're sliding, sliding down. Oh, you need to learn. Leave him, let him smash the floor first. You know, at, at times we, we're like that. And at times I wonder, why, how come we're like that? You know, some people call it being human. Yeah, it's a good excuse. It's a good excuse not to change. So, I'm just human. I'm allowed to be angry. Yes, you are allowed to be. But it's a good excuse not to change. It's a good excuse. Yeah. We can walk on it. So when I used to be angry, Why are you remembering? How about the time when you used to be a very nice person? Remember that more than the time when you used to be angry. And he goes, I used to be a very short-tempered person. Or rather, I'm a short-tempered person. Great, good on you. How about God's grace? Because it's God's grace that's still keeping you alive. You have been snuffed out by the law. Or oh, think about what Jesus said about someone. He said, he said um, no, they were talking about adultery and fornication. And Jesus said, let me tell you the extent of what adultery and fornication is. He said, you as a guy, if you look upon a woman that you're not married to, you have no relationship with, and you lust lost in your heart, you he say you've already committed it. Mm-hmm. All right. <laughs> Praise God. Can I say again? Let's work on our understanding of grace much more than our understanding of the law. Don't forget the letter kills, but the Spirit brings life. So they were looking at Jesus. They knew that a sick person had walked into the room. And they knew at the same time that it was on the Sabbath. They knew Jesus couldn't help himself but to heal. But they were looking at catching him, you know, accusing him using the law of the Sabbath. You know, Jesus had said in another another scripture, he said, the Sabbath was made for man. Not man for the Sabbath. In other words, the Sabbath was created so that people can take some rest. Rest on the day. Not man created so that they can serve the Sabbath. It is not. It's the other way around. It's the other way around. So whatever law holds us bound... And keeps us away from showing God's love to our neighbors, to our colleagues at work. You know, when that thing starts ticking off in your head and going, I shouldn't talk to that person, that person is terrible. Hey, start to recognize that is not grace. That's not grace, that's your own law. And at times, our morality, we want to put our own morality, our moral standard on other people. Don't do that. Don't do it. Don't do it. I still have a whole high moral standard. But you you cannot climb up to mine, and perhaps I cannot climb up to yours. Some of you think he's a pastor, he cannot do some terrible things. Always create an opportunity for, for repentance of another person, create an opportunity. Don't hold them too high. That when they fall, they have no opportunity or another chance to get up from your own standard, because God has already created stand, you know opportunities for them. First John chapter one verse nine, he said, "If you shall." Ask for forgiveness of your sin, he said he is faithful and just to forgive you your sin and to cleanse you from all unrighteousness. And when he says all unrighteousness, it means as though you have never failed before. Amen. So let's look at people from the perspective of grace much more from our own moral standard. And accept them the way Jesus would accept them. You know, some people ask, what would Jesus do? And then they do what they think Jesus would do. No, study the word, get to know what Jesus would do. Not what you think Jesus would do, because that's your own moral standard. In Jesus' name. Amen. Hallelujah. (laughs) Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let us pray, if that's okay. Can we stand on our feet? And the interesting thing about the scripture we read in Mark chapter 3 is that a shriveled Uh, a man with a shriveled hand came into the house and Jesus was moved to heal him. He was ever willing. Even the people around him knew he was willing to do it. I want us to pray tonight that in our hearts we will ever be willing to be the one to bring help and healing and deliverance to people in the name of Jesus, that will not continue to think about what will people say. For some of us, we found ourselves in a public place where you can see another person suffering and right there in your heart, the Holy Spirit moves you and say, go and say something beautiful to that person. And you tell yourself, no, what will people say? But we need We we need the Holy Spirit more. We need that boldness a little bit more. We need to be able to close our ears against what will people say and go for it and show love in the name of Jesus. Can we pray about that tonight? That everywhere we go, we'll become that person who is willing to take the next step to bring some joy, to bring some healing to speak the right word, to speak words of grace to another person in the name of Jesus, so that we can bring some peace, some relief to their situation, regardless of where they are at, regardless of what you know other people might say in the name of Jesus. Father we thank you because you are giving us much more confidence. To walk into people's lives and speak words of grace to them. Speak words of healing to them. Speak words of comfort. Do things that will relieve them of their challenges or problems or struggles. And help them to see you through us. Because we might just be the only Jesus they will see in their lives. Help people to see your light in us so that they can come along. Help us to bring your healing to the generations who are going through challenges in their lives. Help them see that you've not left them alone. Help them see that you always send your angels to keep them. I ask, oh God, that the voices of people in our head will diminish for the voice of the Holy Spirit to increase in Jesus' name. Amen. The message you've heard was produced by The Transformation Edge and we hope it has inspired you. For more information, please visit our website www.thetransedge.com or you may contact us via email to frontdesk at thetransedge.com. Or on Facebook, The Trans Edge Church. You may wish to call us on 02 2419. The Trans Edge, a change is inevitable.